Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the PGA DraftCast brought to you by WinDailySports.com. Just a quick reminder that WinDaily Sports doesn't just cover golf. They cover the NFL, the NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, NASCAR, you name the sport. WinDaily Sports has projection models, optimizers, articles, and our famous Discord chat to cover it all. Now, if you click the promo link below and you type in Win Big or Green, you will get one week free of WinDaily. And then after that, it is just $5.99 per week for all of that, including some of our betting content. Now, let's get to the PGA DraftCast, where we have proven track records with Joel, Spencer, David, and myself. Let's have some fun. Get in the chat. Make sure you subscribe to the page and make sure you hit the like button. Let's do this snake draft. Let's do the PGA DraftCast. Let's do it right now. PGA Nation. We are back with a very slow news day in the golf world. Not much going on, so probably have to dive right into the tournament. Obviously, the talk of the day is live, is the merger, is the acquisition. There's still a lot of questions to be asked. Uh, Sia and David just did a great segment right before the show. It's on YouTube. Check it out. A lot of great information. There's still a lot of information that still needs to be uncovered. We'll probably touch on it a little bit throughout the show, but for the most part, tonight, we're here to draft, and we're here for the RBC Canadian Open. Now, I know it's people almost forgot that there's a golf tournament happening Thursday with all the news and going on, but they're still playing golf this week. There's still DraftKings. There's still tournaments to be played, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to tackle them. How are you doing tonight, Tia? I'm good. I'm sorry. I'm so into my phone. Jay Monahan is texting me. He just saw our uh, our Win Daily show. Yeah, he has my number. I don't like to talk about it, but he just saw the show that David and I did, and we had some really great ideas. So it looks like he's interested. So if you don't mind, go to somebody else. I just got to finish the text. No big deal. It's just Jay. Yeah, no, it's it's no problem. But I I, I don't know if you know this. It's not going to help you because I think it sounds like for the sounds of things, Jay's on the way out, and he's getting purchased oh, wow. by the big dog. So uh, you know, sorry, bye, Jay, but. We're, no, obviously, he set it up so he gets all the money, and he's the CEO. He gets to run all of golf. Somehow, he screwed everyone else over, and he gets a promotion to the head of golf. So good for Jay. Byron, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing good, boys. It's um, quite the day to be on the airwaves. And I've done, I was just saying to Spence earlier, done zero work. I, I pretty much used my podcast earlier as a like a prep for this show because I haven't looked at prices for – ownerships nothing i haven't thought about any strategy for dfs because i've just been glued to twitter trying to like see what's happening today it's been a nightmare to try and focus so but crazy good stuff crazy bad stuff depending how you want to look at it all wild day let's dive into it i'm ready to i'm ready to kick some ass today so let's have some fun i apologize i assume most people who watch our show already know who you are you're not really even a guest anymore because we do have you on quite a bit but in case you don't know Byron, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you as a guest drafter with us. Spence, how about you? How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, and I don't want to get too much into the logistics of this live and PGA Tour thing. Like, obviously, we want to start this show, and I don't know exactly what's going on here, and I think that's the answer that all of us would give, but doesn't it kind of feel like the all of a sudden now, like, Monaghan has replaced Greg Norman <laughs> like that's kind of like the only move that feels like really occurred here. Greg Norman's out, Monahan's in, Monahan's in control of everything with Saudi backed money. 
in a lot of these spots. So I don't know. It's a really perplexing situation in the golf world. I'm sure we'll find out more as time goes on. Um, you know, if you haven't yet tune into the CN David show and you can hear some of their thoughts on it, but no, it's a really weird day for golf. Mm -hmm. Well, you're right. As we saw the, as this whole thing played out, we need someone to blame, right? We need someone to point the finger out. Greg Norman took that for a while. Now that this happened, Greg Norman's out. And it's like, all right, Jay, you're next up because it's not going to be someone on the Saudi side. So it's like, Jay, you're the issue now. So he's going to take a lot of heat for, for a little bit. Maybe probably deservedly so, but we'll see how this how this all plays out. But moving on, we're going to get into this draft tonight. Before we, we start drafting, we pull the board up. Spence, break it down for me. What are you looking for on the course this week? I think we've gotten some mixed reviews over the past couple hours from what a lot of people thought. Like it was initially supposed to be a birdie fest. Now I'm seeing the winning score is somewhere going to be in the range of like 13 to 15 under par. I think that kind of shows that nobody really knows how this is going to play. And unfortunately for somebody like me, like the lack of unknown commodities is kind of my worst case scenario when running mm -hmm. a model. Um, I see 7,264 yards on the scorecard. On top of that, I've also read that this can play 200 yards more than that on any given day. I did watch a ton of flyover videos on YouTube to see if I could find anything unique, but I kind of think what is there, like what you see is what you get with it. You're going to have a bunch of short par fours. I think the par fives are extremely scorable. We'll talk a little bit about how I ran my model when I talk about some of these players that I'm backing this week, but kind of for me, the biggest thing I was looking for is players that could create opportunities and then make the putt. Now with this, maybe not being a 20 to 25 under tournament, like I initially thought that might move back a little bit, but I, I still think some of that comes into play here for a venue that we literally have no statistical data on. Yeah. And that's the challenger. There's not historical statistical data. There's some things that we can still look to based on the course layout and things like that. that can help us a little bit. But to me, what that means is, Weighting those strokes gain data is a little bit less than normal and maybe weigh form a little bit more. Just how are these guys playing in general until we can get a better feel for this course and see these guys out there and things like that. So, all right, without further ado, I'm going to pull up the draft board. For those of you new to our show, if you haven't seen it before, we're doing a snake draft. Um, it works like your typical fantasy football draft where um, I'm going to go first, Byron second, Spencer third. See in the audience will go fourth. You'll get two in a row, then you'll go back. The big stipulation to be aware of is you do need to stay within your DraftKings office. So you can't just take all the best golfers. You need to make sure you, you draft a lineup that you can actually put into a, um, a real lineup within the salary cap. So I am on a winning streak. Three in a row. Gave myself Congratulations. First Again, what a show off. Yeah, no, I'm... I, I was just getting started. I have more showing off to do before I, <laughs> I made my pick. Forgive me. Well, I will have you know Jeez. that not only am I on a three-game winning streak, I've been killing everyone over the last three weeks. It hasn't been close. So Also, you won $150,000 in showdown, what, two weeks part ago? Of, part of the streak. That is also true, yeah. So I plan for that streak to continue here. And if I'm being honest, I really didn't want first pick today, but – it's all part of the streak. I'm not going to change up what I've been doing if it's been working. So we're going to stick with it. I'm going to go first. And I have a little theory behind my pick. I'm going to go with what I've been doing every week, the best player in the field, Rory McIlroy. The angle for it this week is after everything that came to light today, not only is he the best player in the field, he's probably mad, right? And 
I don't know if the anger is going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but where I, I have to imagine Rory's not happy with how he was the spokesperson for the PGA Tour over the last two years and how it was kind of became this whole separating thing and he was kind of the the leader behind it and now all of a sudden everything's back to normal next year and all those guys got paid and there's almost seems like we'll see what happens but it seems like very little consequences to it so i think Rory's going to come out and make a statement and he is the best player in the field his price is high and you got to pay up for it but i do think a good result is is pretty safe here so i have a question when it comes to Rory. And I think, I always think it's fun when we all like play psychologist, right? Because like, we don't, we don't really know what we're talking about, but I'm going to be Frazier. I get to be Frazier Crane. Um, Byron, you're going to be Niles and Spencer in the most obscure reference that I promise you, nobody will get from Frazier. You're going to be Dr. Tewksbury, which was, of course, everybody knows was the mentor to Frazier and appeared on several episodes. So my question for myself, and then back to Byron and Spencer, is this, all this news, and everything that's going on, is it is it a net positive or a net negative for Rory's psyche? Is it, is it a motivator or lack thereof? My take is that it's it, I'm on the other end of it. I, I don't think it's a it's a net positive. I think it's a net negative. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Byron. It's, it could be the straw that breaks his camel's back. You know, I think he wasn't necessarily we saw how emotional he was on the course at Murfield. And I just don't now, maybe he knew about this kind of stuff, but also he just, he's yeah. been struggling, you know, his game hasn't been trending the way he's wanted to. And, and now this, so I, I just don't know. I I'm also with you there, Frazier. I, I think, uh, I think your studies and, and degree there is definitely paying off. Thank you, Miles. Uh, Dr. Tewksbury, uh, net negative or net positive as it relates to Roy McElroy. I'll give a hot take here. And I'm not necessarily saying this is what is happening, but I wouldn't be shocked if Rory did know of the dealings that were going on here. It's really simple to say that he knew nothing. Monaghan takes the blame and all of this goes away with Rory. So yeah. maybe that explains some of the poor play, but we've seen historically from him when you put pressure on, uh, whether that's to win the career grand slam or any of these situations where he is in the news for one reason or another with it, he hasn't necessarily produced. I don't know what to expect here. Like, you have three golfers in this $10,000 plus section that I see at 20% plus ownership. I think they all make a lot of sense for the reason why that people are playing them. I just worry about some of the back end stuff with him. It doesn't mean he doesn't come out and blitz this tournament and win it, but there's at least the downside that needs to be noted. Wow. Cheap shot from Spencer as it relates to Roy's prowess under pressure. Clip that tag Roy McElroy. Thank you very much. Okay, Model Maniac, otherwise known as Byron. Hopefully everybody caught his show, which was right before this show, every single Tuesday evening. Uh, what is that, 7 o'clock, Byron? 7 Eastern. Yep, that's 7 it. Eastern. Um, Byron, it's your pick. Rory's gone. Uh, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Would you have picked Rory if he was on the board? No, I'm out on oh, Rory ouch. this week. Um, even before all of this off. stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, I just, you know, I'm expecting it to be a wedge-intensive I know you've heard this a few times on a multiple different shows and things, but wedge intensive courses don't quite suit Rory's play, I don't think. And on a shorter golf course, you can imagine, you know, that driver might not necessarily be as big a weapon as it has been on these bigger tracks. So especially at 11.5 and in a birdie fest, you know, anything can happen. So lots of lots of negatives, but also um, it is what it is. Next up, also I want to mention, I want to, one of my goals in life is to be on a show one day and say, hold on, I'm not done bragging yet. After yes. just saying, I've just been on a three-win streak. So 
there's there's major ambitions and goals to be achieved here on the PGA Draftcast. But you know, one day, Joel, thank you for the inspiration. And speaking of inspiration, we're talking about a guy that has been close to winning, has been trending on the iron front very nicely. He seemed like he was one of the most pissed off guys leaving the room, according to Jeff Feinberg, who has doing great things out there in the in the in the He's news the reporting best. industry. Friend um, of the show. Know, for another show, yes. Um, instead of him doing research on the course, he was busy interviewing players. So that was hilarious today. But Justin Rose, I mean, you can't. He had one of his best iron weeks at the Charles Schwab and one of his worst putting weeks at the Charles Schwab simultaneously, and still finished T16. You know, so I think he goes to a course where his distance is going to punish him as much. He makes a lot of birdies. I love. He's the second best iron player in the field over the last 24 rounds. He's a really good iron player in general. His game's trending. He's cheap, 9700 bucks. very popular, I'm assuming, but you know, he gives you some really good value. You could argue he's one of the best values here in the, in the top of the board. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and I love what we're seeing on approach with him. I mean, you, you mentioned it, but just at the Charles Schwab last one, he played 7.81 strikes or strokes, I should say, uh, on approach. And honestly, he's got he's got like I, I hate to say it like this, but he's got like the complete game. Like, I mean, he you know, he lost putting at the Charles Schwab. He lost, I think it was like almost three strokes, but yeah. he's been great with the short game. He's been great with the putter. This seems like it's like set up really nicely for him. And you mentioned it, Byron, the, the off the tee stuff to the extent you see it in the negative. That's not an accuracy issue. That's a distance issue, which shouldn't. I mean, we don't know for a fact, but it yeah. shouldn't really affect him too much here so i'm gonna um before we go to spencer i'm gonna do the yes or no thing joel yes or no on justin rose yes and spencer yes or no on justin rose i mean yes i'm not gonna say no to really anybody in this like nine thousand dollar plus section there, there's maybe one or two players that i've completely removed from my player pool and the player that i'm going to name next which i don't anticipate that anybody was going to actually take him this is my favorite player in the $9,000 range. So this is the one that I'm going to be going to sell. I'll give the pick now. I'm going to preface this by saying it is extremely volatile. I understand that. It's a boomer bust play. The current form does not look good. He's been all over the place. But there is a, a thing that I ran in my model. And it's the same exact thing I ran in my model for match play when we were talking about some of this. And this is... Uh, I called it expected realization of opportunities created. Uh, that's kind of a tongue twister there that is really just saying who's going to create the most opportunities. And then on top of those opportunities, who is most likely to make their share of putts? It doesn't mean that everybody's going to make every single putt, but the guys who create more opportunities have a better chance to make more putts if you look at that. So I, if all of that makes sense, that's essentially what that model that I ran comes down to there. So... I am going to take Cameron Young at 9,300. I really think that this might be the best chance he's had to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour, maybe in a, in a really long time. I don't necessarily want to say ever, but number one in my model for overall birdie or better percentage, number one in my model in weighted proximity. So that's all the opportunities that we're talking about that he's going to create. And I had him as a relatively good putter. I know it's a weird thing to say between five to 15 feet here. So on this specific grass type with the, the speed that I think we're going to get, I think he's going to create a lot of opportunities. I think he's going to make them at a pretty decent percentage. And then when you look at the weighted strokes gain total that I ran second in my model there. So I'm going to bet up on the upside. I do see this trending in much more popularity than we had yesterday. Like this was like 8% yesterday. And now I'm seeing about 20% in my model. So 
I know what I'm taking on here, but I do love the upside of Cameron Young. I said something really silly on the early wedge earlier today. And I said, uh, Cameron Young came up because we were talking about head-to-head matchups. And I thought it was really interesting that on FanDuel, Cameron Young was a minus 118 favorite to start the day over Justin Rose, of all people. And then he went up to like minus 142 by Showtime. And I was like, what is on DraftKings? It was a little different, but um, that matchup wasn't there. But I don't think Cameron Young was like that big of a favorite against whoever he was. But I was like shocked by that. But, but what I said on the show was, you know, the market is respecting Cameron Young. You might be able to get him at a really good ownership leverage this week. And then I look at the ownership and I'm like, Spencer, my number is higher than yours. The number that I'm seeing is higher than yours, kind of significantly. Like I'm looking at 25%, which honestly, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me other than the fact that there's not a lot of superstar power here. But I mean, I I am genuinely shocked by that. And if that's going to be the case, um, I like I get your pick, Spencer. And clearly the market outside of DFS, like the betting market is respecting Cameron Young. So we should be looking into this. But I thought I was going to get him at like 12%. I actually like legitimately thought that was going to be the case, and it's not. Um, Byron, are you on the Cameron Young train as the C audience um, nominates their guys? I think we have two people already, but are you on the Cameron Young train this week? No, I just I think if I'm going to be kind of rolling with Rose at the kind of similar ownership as Cam Young, I think I'm just going to have to pick between one of those two. And I just love what Rose has shown me lately. You know, I think I can trust his putter even after the Charles Schwab a bit better than Young's, and. Um, it's just, it's basically an ownership thing. Uh, you know, I've got him third in my model behind Rose, who's second, so. All right. Well, it looks like, uh, and Joel, I got to ask you, because I think it's a really controversial player this week. Yes or no on Young? On Cameron Young, I should say. I'm right now, I'm taking a wait and see approach. I do think he's going to return and get back into form. It's just been a while, but I'm going to not play him until we, he shows that he's back. This and, is not the reason, just really quickly, this is not yeah. the reason why I'm backing, but it, it goes beyond even like a Justin Rose answer to this. Outside of Rory McElroy, like that same movement is happening across the board of him in every matchup against any single golfer that is not named Rory, which I I believe he's like Cameron Young's the number one upside player that I have in my model this week. Well, I'll tell you what, I I feel like one of the upside players that and this goes to our to our audience pick because we've already picked both of our guys here that has upside but at much less uh ownership is sam burns i mean that's i feel like pick. that's a pretty good alternative and, and granted he's going to be he's going to be less owned most likely because he's 1200 more than, than cameron young but all the better from an ownership standpoint so we have hatton and sam burns i mean i i have i mean other than just paying up a, a lot uh, with our first two picks i have no problem with those picks sam burns wasn't really necessarily going to be in my pool but I, I love the ownership play, and obviously he has tremendous upside. So I don't mind these two picks at all. And, and you know, we we obviously know how well Hatton's striking it. We know he's got the short game too. Um, Joel, I'm going to go to you before we go back to Spencer's pick. Um, are you in or out on Sam Burns? Burns, I'm out on, but Hatton I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. And Byron, in or out on Sam Burns? I don't mind Burns. But um, it's peculiar that he's more than Hatton, who's been playing much better than him over the last little while. So I, I got the same answer as Joel. Yeah, I'm looking at Hatton's ownership. It's, I mean, I have it at, at around. And by the way, Spilardi's in the chat. He has just confirmed that right now the, the Win Daily team has Cam Young at uh, 24%. So um, we're going to have all of that stuff published at windailysports.com tomorrow, late afternoon, early evening, like we always do. And his numbers have been really, really on point. I know some people that have kind of like, dm'd me and and sort of 
checked with our numbers versus other people's numbers. And then, of course, the tournament starts the, the following day. And, uh, you know, I don't have a big sample size, I'll be honest. But what I've seen so far, uh, our numbers are just Stevens. Let me just put it this way, because I don't want to I don't want to talk about anybody else. Steven has been really on point. And I think it's more so that, than most of the people in the industry. So just something to keep in mind, windailysports.com. You'll get that ownership article. You'll get in our Discord, all of those things. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I like these picks. Spencer, it's back to you. If you have anything to say about these two guys, feel free. But after Cameron Young, who are you taking? I will say one thing about, I guess, each one of them. So I think Cameron Young, Sam Burns, Terrell Hatton, to me, those are probably the three best players in this tournament. Like that's where I wanted my outright exposure to go when trying to find value on this board. Uh, I am very disappointed that one of Burns or Hatton didn't fall to me here. I didn't really envision a scenario. And I've been scrambling here trying to figure out how I want to make this build now because to me, this was always going Thank to Thank you, Spencer. Camp. You can take your pick now. Let's go. <laughs> Stop well, vamping. I, you got to filibuster these situations when you don't know who you're going to select. So credit to the audience, which I have criticized in the past, but uh, you made Spencer squirm and he's only on his second pick. Um, that's not unusual, but I'm glad it was us that did it as opposed to anybody else. So good job, uh, team, on that one. Fine. I'll keep it short. Keith Mitchell. 8,900. I, I don't really know where to go on this board. I'm just going to take a player that I like and I'll figure it out from there. Okay. So it looks like you're kind of like so far, and I don't want you to tip your hand necessarily, but this feels very bomb and gouge to me. Not, not really. I mean, like from a, from an output perspective, that's what it looks like it's going to be. But like Mitchell to me is a golfer. Like if, if I run through some of his numbers here, just very quickly, um, there's so much to like from the way that he scores on these particular sort of venues. Mm. Like he's second in my model and weighted scoring. Uh, I love the total driving that he's going to bring to the table here. And, you know, we've heard between four to six inch rough. I think he's going to be one of the more complete players from a T to green sense. And I ran my model 60% accuracy, 40% distance. And surprisingly by doing that, Cameron Young still graded as a top 15 total driver for me this week. So yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, but I'm not taking the approach of like purely a bomb and gouge mentality. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, model maniac it's your pick you got justin rose let me know if or let us know if, if you got any particular comments on justin rose uh but who you got next i am going to kind of go right into the range that we all look like we have some price points at i think we're all averaging about seven nine or seven seven to go so i'm going to take someone i think is going to be quite popular and we're all going to want in this range and it may be someone random but also michael kim at eight thousand dollars God, I love this pick so much. Yeah, um, I have him as a, a bet that I have placed this week to win this tournament because two top tens in the last three starts, he's 8000 bucks, Yapping away on Twitter. The guy's loving life. You know, we'll see what happens. I feel like for 8K, you can get, you can get worse um, and not much better. So I like Michael Kim this week. Yeah, you know, what's, what's good about him, the weighted tee to green stuff looks oh, like pretty good, um, but it, the wedge play looks really good for him too. But what I'm so impressed by with him, and by the way, he was, he was one of my three play, one of my three outright plays. I threw in two long shots, like for my outrights, so I'll put them in win daily, like truly long shots. But my three like kind of like real plays were a couple of short shots. I, I'll, just, I'll just tell you, it was Justin Rose, 
Um, I believe at 18 to one, Shane Lowry at, at 20 to one and Michael Kim at 60 to one, kind of random, but I love what he's doing on the weekends. You know, we always have these guys that were so happy they made the cut and then they just kind of like, don't really do anything that's super helpful on Saturday and Sunday. Well, Kim may not be that guy, but he also may be that guy because the finishing positions, what he's doing on the weekend is like really strong. Two top tens over his last handful of what, three or four tournaments. And these are like good tournaments, like decent fields too. So um, I, I think, I think Michael Kim is a great pick. I'm, I'm a fan of that. Um, Joel, we're going back to you. Any comments on, uh, on Michael Kim? No, I agree with you. I, I, my only concern with Michael Kim is that 8K depends. Like a lot of my lineups are very stars and scrubs. So it's sometimes hard to fit that kind of 8K range in there. But I, I think he's a great value at that price. I do like his upside. Love it. Yeah. All right. And with that being said, I just tipped my hand of where I'm going. Obviously going stars and scrubs. So uh, the guy I wanted to fall to me did, which I'm super happy about. So I'm going to go ahead and take Corey Connors here. Um, I really like Corey Connors this week. I think he takes this tournament. You know, he's a Canadian. One, he's just playing great golf right now, and he's in great form. I think he had a little bit more motivation to want to win the Canadian Open. Um, and it, it sounds like this is a really good spot for him to make a run at it in the form that he's in at 9,800. I think he can, you know, go as far as winning the whole tournament. So I'll start there. And now, obviously, I got to kind of balance this out as I got two pretty high-priced tickets in my lineup. So um, with my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and take Ches Reby. Uh For a value play in this field, uh, he's been playing well of recently. I, I like his form. I would have preferred Ches a little bit, a little bit cheaper, but I'm okay with the 7,100 price tag here as my first way of kind of rounding out this stars and scrubs roster. I, I actually like both of those picks. Um, I hadn't really considered either of them, to be honest. I've only built a handful of lineups and I hand built. Um, Corey Connors is really interesting to me because I feel like, you know, once you play and, and Byron, I want to get your opinion here before we get to your pick. I feel like there's certain guys that once you play them like a few times, you're just kind of like, it kind of gets old and you're like, oh, I'm just kind of like, I'm signing off for now. And then if he pops again, I'll, I'll be, I'll be on him again. For some reason, I feel like Corey Connors sort of falls into that mold. And when he's in this field, whereas maybe three weeks ago, we would have been like, Oh, Corey Connors really like him. He's just not that guy, especially when you sort of, you know, put him up against Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, for whatever reason, th those guys. And to me too, those guys sound like better options but they sound like better options to everybody else too. And this is DFS, right? Like we're Corey Connors. We're going to see on windailysports.com with uh, Stephen Pilardi's article. He's going to be way less owned. And I, I just think he's a pretty good course fit considering what we actually know about this course. And I've been on Chez Reeve for a while now. I, I, I think the output there has been pretty great from a ball striking standpoint and, and a putting standpoint. So I think those are two really sneaky plays and I really appreciate them in like a sort of a tournament format. So Byron, how do you feel about those guys and what's your pick? I love, I've got chairs to win this thing at 180 to one. No, so I just threw it out there. Let's go. 80 to one is like, why the heck not? You know, he does. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it too. I will put like two bucks on it just so yeah, I can that's, celebrate with all you got to do is like a very cheap <laughs> chairs, a little cheese yes. at box guy. Spencer mentioned earlier about that massive five, um, word phrase that he double barreled together there. It's basically like build your own PGA tour player. If you think of how perfect Chez's game is like fits us, accuracy, his irons have been great and he's been putting lights out. Like don't worry about anything else. Like those are the three things, like the three stepping stones you need to make a birdie. 
and he's been doing all of that stuff really well. So 7,100 bucks, Joel. I was, I was literally eyeing out chairs instead of Michael Kim earlier, you know, so you, you snipe my guy and then Corey Conn is what's, what's not to like in Canada. He plays well on these short courses. He's like the second best driver on in this field when you take courses less than 7,200 yards. So, you know, this ball striking, the putting around the green plays all been trending nicely for him too. Love all of that stuff. Ludwig Adberg, the 80, what, 300 buck guy that is kind of heavily priced for, for a rookie. I think what he's the number one PGA tour U guy. Now he's got his, his full tour membership going forward for another week, year and a half. Rosang. Ludwig, let's go. I don't know. You know, I don't have any of Ludwig in the outright market, but I think he poses a really interesting dynamic this week. I think he's hungry. He seems like he's a very talented golfer in a range of 8Ks that doesn't really necessarily have that much ownership leverage. I'm seeing some really nice ownership numbers on him because I think he's kind of high, high priced. And I'm okay. I think he's talented enough to be priced in the 8K range. And until he proves us not, I'll, I'll join in on there. Yeah, this, this is really interesting uh, with Aberg because – is it Aberg or Aberg? I don't want to say that wrong, Byron. It's Ludwig. Yeah, but how do you say is, – is his last name – I think okay, it's A. Okay, I Ludwig, think it's okay. Aberg. Yeah. Okay, I think it's Aberg as well. Uh, good answer, Byron. Um, what's interesting about him is that his name is, has popped up this week, and I would think that, therefore, he would be like 10% because, you know, people just generally want to be early on, guys, which makes sense. It's not a criticism. Yeah, but he's like really low owned to your point. Mm. And so given this particular field and his potential, it does make sense to play at least a little bit of it. Listen, you're going to be twice the field if, if you play him in what one out of 10 line, one out of 10 lineups yeah. and you'll be four times the field in two out of 10 lineups. So, I mean, you know, it definitely makes sense to uh, maybe include some of these guys that are so unknown that people aren't even trying to be early. They're just like, I don't even know who that dude is. I'm going to another guy. Spencer, I want to get to your pick, but I, I don't know if you have much on Aberg just because I know there's not in, in your database. You're not going to have a lot to go off of from a model standpoint. But if you have any comments there, let us know. But also on um, on the Corey Connors one specifically, is he a guy that flashed for you? Kind of like I said, everybody in that $9,000 range for the, or up kind of flashed for me somewhat. Like I think pricing is very solid up there and it's a pick your poison sort of situation. So I, I'm fine with any of those players. Like I'm not going to talk anybody out of any of those names, but I have ownership on Aberg a little bit higher than some people do. I think it, I don't know. I mean, we're so early in the week still that that could go and move, but Aberg for me, and this is with a very limited sample size. I understand that. He's 10th overall in my model. Like wow. he popped up in ways yeah. that were outrageous. So I like him. I think that there's a really realistic chance that he is this year's Tom Kim. If you want to view it like that to where he comes onto the tour and just immediately he starts producing and maybe winning some events. So I really like him from a talent perspective. I think the upside is massive. I don't know if he necessarily puts it together this week, but at least from a statistical standpoint, the numbers look really good for how I weighed this course. All right. And if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, he's like the really handsome guy that like looks like he's carved from stone, like with the jawline. Is that that dude? He's, he's your offspring, here, yes, if you, that's oh, what you're getting at. That's yeah. what I was hoping for. That, that comment was hoping for that type of reaction. I very much appreciate that. All right, Spencer, you got Cameron Young and Keith Mitchell. Very interesting build so far. Who do you got next? So this wasn't where I was planning to go. Um, I'm going to adjust on the fly here. And I think in the words of Joel, I have made this lineup even better than it was going to be before when I originally started this. But 
I'm going to take somebody that I do think has some relative safety to go along with Cam Young here. It might be an interesting combo to put together. And I'm going to take Matthew Fitzpatrick at 9,900. Fifth in my model in weighted scoring. The distance for him, and I keep saying, like, I'm not necessarily looking for distance this week, but look, he's at a distance out of nowhere. Like, he's 22nd in my model for this tournament, and we know he is a pretty accurate driver of the ball, even with the distance that he's added. Makes him a top 12 player in my model for total driving, and obviously the concerns always come down to what will the weighted proximity look like. Like, the iron play is never great, but the strokes gain approach is always better for me than the weighted proximity that you run. So if you turn his weighted proximity number inside my model into just his strokes gain approach number, all of a sudden, like he becomes the third or fourth choice to win this tournament for me. So uh, I do like Fitzpatrick, um, not necessarily the route I was planning to go, but I think he pairs nicely with some of the names I already have. Yeah, I like Fitzpatrick too, and I don't think his ownership is going to get super high. He was real, like he was bad on Thursday uh, last week, but he was really good the rest of the three rounds. And he does, you know, on these courses where there's a bit of an unknown, you kind of like having the guy that you know can kind of do everything pretty great. And I think Matt Matt Fitzpatrick is is definitely that guy. Um, Joel Fitzpatrick, yes or no? For sure, yes. Byron, are you a for sure as well, or are you out on Fitzpatrick? I'm middle of the road. I don't really have a a comment maybe i'm out then yeah that sounds like you're out all right well the odd in i you know i think i'm i haven't actually decided if i'm in on fitzpatrick because there's so many guys i like in that range below him but we'll have to see when, when i when we get the ownership you know maybe if if guys like rose are like completely out of control uh i might have to pivot to to somebody like that so that's just kind of a wait and see there okay the audience um, let me know, by the way, DT and Phoenix, I love you, man, Dave, uh, you're great, uh, on Twitter and here, but you can't nominate four guys. Cause it's just going to get like way too confusing, uh, in terms of what, what picks, what nominations count and what don't. And by the way, you put in Kevin Roy with a parentheses risky. He didn't have to put the risky part. We <laughs> appreciate the fact that Kevin Roy is definitely risky. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, thank you for everybody for the nominations. Do we have, okay. It looks like Hubbard is one of them. Mark Hubbard is going to be one of the guys, and it looks like Moronk is the second guy. Somebody, if they could uh, confirm that for me. But let's start with Hubbard, uh, who had a pretty bad Sunday. He was seven over par uh, last week, but really a, a pretty great um, first few rounds. And he does seem like a pretty good course fit. Uh, he's been very good for a while now. It's been it's been a number of tournaments now that he's been good. Not a sexy name, but I don't know that you need a sexy name in this tournament. I'm, I'm out on Moronk. I, I, I'm trying to check his ownership right now. Um, it's not terrible, but it, it, it is one of the higher ownerships in the 8K range, if not the highest. That's what it will probably end up being. I, I'm just I'm just not going to play him. I don't hate him or anything. But, uh, Spencer, I want to go back to you on both of these guys, in or out, uh, Hubbard and Moran. Hubbard is too cheap. I don't love yeah. the ownership. He's going to be very popular, but, I mean, that's something that you can work around. And Oh, I just I noticed of- that. I don't like that either. I just noticed that, but, okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, I kind of like Moronk. He's another player that I don't have a ton of data on, but from the information that I do have, 18th in my model, which, I mean, technically, I guess he's trending up in ownership also. Like, I didn't see him at 13% yesterday, and I'm just going through some of these numbers now again, and I think he was like 7 or 8% for me. So there's clearly some support with him, but I don't have a problem with either of the two plays on the surface. I do think ownership would be the one answer that I would give. And Byron, I'm going to get your opinion on, on both of these guys as well, uh, Hubbard and Moronk, before we get to Spencer's pick. Yeah, Moronk, 
I, I've got nothing to say about him, so I'm out on him. Um, but Hubbard got him as an outright as well, like 130 to one. So I've just got all these darts. You got a guy that's $7,300 and over the last 24 rounds, he's the best iron player in the field. It, it makes a lot of sense why he's getting all that ownership, but yeah, it it's just too cheap for two, like one of the most important skill sets that you need in golf. He's the best at in this field and he's $7,300. Yeah, so, I, you know, I like, yeah, you know, it's it, it's fine. Eat that ownership. You know, I've got my guy next door mowing down the ownership forest that you guys are growing for me. Yeah, but um, I love him. You know, I love him a lot this week. Yeah, I, I like Hubbard, but I, I will say this. There's so many pivots right next to him that I don't think I'm going to end up playing him if he's going to be double digit ownership. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously in, in cash games and things like that. Don't think I'm there's a guy right next to him that has almost half the ownership that that I might end up playing instead. We'll we'll wait and see on how ownership shakes out. Spencer, it's your pick. What do you got? So there's two players above this golfer in the seven thousand dollar range that technically grade better. One would be Mark Hubbard, who's off the board. The second, and I will give a name here um, for however this changes this show is whatever. But uh, Eric Cole would be the second player in the seven thousand dollar range, but. I am going to take a golfer that I do have some trepidation with this week. I worry about his ability to make putts at this tournament. I worry about his consistency a little bit on this particular green type, but Vincent Norman, 7,500. I'm going to trust the recent form with them. I think the ownership is fine at about 10% of what I see right now. Um, You know, you could argue that there's other places I could have gone there, but I'm just going to trust the model in a week where I don't have a big lean one way or another. So if the data is telling me an answer, I'll go with the data here. Yeah, we've talked about Vincent Norman on this show. Joel, I want to go to you to ask if you're in on him. The one watch out for me with Norman, because he was one of the first guys I looked at, was the wedge play just wasn't very good. And I, I wonder, Spencer, was that a major concern of yours? It is. So he ranks for me out of 156 players. And this is in this opportunities creator plus the making the putt, 112th overall. So not a good putter, not some great numbers from the wedge distances. I worry about that a little bit, um, if I'm being honest here. But with the range that we're in, like I'm, God, I can't spell any of these guys' names correctly right now on my team. This is a terrible sign. First it was Fitzpatrick was wrong, and now Norman is wrong for me. Doesn't he go by Matt now anyway? Is yeah. He Matt? God, he's a, he's a database nightmare, old Matt Fitzpatrick. Oh, come on, Just, Matt. You're better than that. Yeah. Also, Matthew's kind of a cool name. I would have gone with Matthew, Matt, Matthew, uh, Joel, it is uh, Byron's pick, but in or out on Vincent Norman. You know, it's interesting. I, I was not in on him, but as I was scrambling to figure out who my next value pick would be, I was looking through guys and he kind of started popping up. So in the last 15 minutes, I started getting intrigued by him. All right. So that sounds like you're probably in, uh, Byron in or out on Norman and who's your next pick? I don't know. Norman's, it just seems like he's got some juice for a bigger golf course. You know, give me like he's that Rom, John Rom, Cameron Champ esque kind of golfer. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily don't think he's going to be that appealing in Canada this week on a shorter course. Also, we don't know what the heck this course is even going to be anyway. So take a gamble on the guy. Maybe distance is a massive help this week. Who knows? Yeah. So I, I like that, you know, shot. So I like the play. I don't know if I like the player. Um, hate the game, hate the, you know, don't hate to play, hate the game. Anyway, moving on. My man, Sia, your man, and I'm sorry to do this to you, but just too cheap, too nice, too affordable. Oh, yeah. Good pick. 
high high percentage play, you know, ownership's up there, but Carson Young not getting yeah. that street cred, not getting the love he deserves. My God, he's he's like basically Mark Hubbard light right now um, from a from a strokes gain perspective. His game is just super solid. We saw what he got up to at Memorial after doing what he did, trying to get into the U.S. Open. I think you know some ridiculous 63s out there. You you talk about him. You you do a much better job speaking about Carson Young than I do. Well, the question is, how big of a sample size do you need to put this guy at like 7,600 or just to put him in your lineups like as an autoplay? Because, I mean, he has been, I guess the week prior it was 6,600 where I played him. And then, you know, before that he was like 6,100 or 6,300. I mean, I, you know, a lot of these guys, they come and go really quick. But for me, it seems like Carson Young has some staying power. And I, and I, I said this on Monday, I, I think you could have put him at 7,400 and it would have made complete sense. I think you could put him at you could put him at seventy six hundred, and I think some people would have been like, "Oh wow, they priced up Carson Young. That makes sense." So I think you're getting tremendous value, and he doesn't look right now. We'll have to wait and see that he's going to be super chalky. So I'm all about it. The metrics really speak to me. The ball striking, the short game, it's it's all there. So I mean, he's in. I mentioned two long shot outrights. He was one of the two. You could probably find a better number than this, but it was ninety to one that I got it at, and I. You know, listen, it's 90 to one for a reason, but it wouldn't shock me if Carson Young is in the mix on Sunday. It just wouldn't because he's playing like he's that dude. Um, Joel, uh, tell me what you think. Are you in or out on Carson Young? And you got two picks to make. Yeah, he, he was going to be my next pick. So, oh, man. Wow. Uh, so, nice, Byron. Nice. I got to change things up. I got a couple other value plays here. So, not quite thrilled with how this kind of round turned to me, but – I'm going to start with Aaron Baddeley. Um, he's got issues off the tee, big ones. And that's one something we, you know he's got to improve on and fix. But other than that, he's been playing. If, if he was just below average off the tee, you know, he would be one of my favorite steals in this price range. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, um, he's gained almost three strokes of the last two tournaments on approach. He's gaining very consistently on around the green almost every tournament going back 10, 15 tournaments. And his putter has gained three shows each the last three outings. So he's really playing good golf. He's just got to kind of get the off-the-tee stuff together. Even just a neutral off-the-tee week, I think he should get a really good result. But even with his off-the-tee woes, he's still giving us in the last two outings um, two top 25s. And at Charles Schwab, he lost – four strokes off the tee. So I still think he can do well here, even with that wild driver. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, it, it hasn't been super wild. And one thing I will say about Aaron Baddeley is though that wedge range, like I looked up 75. I mean, this is where this is coming from. I shouldn't say I looked up, but 75 to 125 last 24 rounds. I has, I have him number one. Somebody can please feel free to fact check me on that model. Check me but I'm pretty sure he's the best in this field last 24 rounds between 75 and 125. Checked. Agreed. I well, agree. we'll, we'll, we'll wait on that. Who's your next pick? He's, he's number two. He's number two for me in my model. So fair enough. the way that you're running it, I mean, yeah, one, two, it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. You know, the, the, obviously there's a theme here with my next pick is it's kind of a similar type of, result here i'm going with nate lashley um he's another guy who off the tee has been his woes but you know he's gained six strokes on approach in two of the last three tournaments he lost a stroke at the charles schwab but he's been consistently good on his approach with 
around the green. He's even making putts. He's another one, just a decent week off the tee, I think, in this field. He's set up to have another top 30, top 25 type week, which is what I'm looking for in the type of, of build that I'm making. So uh, I'm, I, think I, I think I'm doing okay here with my value. Yeah, I, I like Lashley as well. And I, I like the wedge game, particularly from Lashley, the approach game, like like you mentioned. So uh, I'm in on that. Um, Byron, it's your pick. You got Carson Young. This is a really interesting team to me. Rose, Michael Kim, Aberg, Carson Young. I wonder, uh, do you feel like before you make your next pick, do you feel like you're missing some upside? And is that where you're going next? Or are you, are you comfortable with your upside at this point? I think, you know, with... Rose and Kim in the mix there and Aberg, I think those three will give me my enough upside. And then I've got a guy that's coming up right now that gives you all the upside in the goddamn world you could wish for. And he's a guy that doesn't model out well for me at all. He's a guy that's made every single cut in 2023. And his name is Sahith the Gala. Oh, wow. There's upside. I'm not. Now I'm taking the narrative that it's a short golf course. We've seen what he can do with that little stinger two iron that he has at hybrid 17 degree. Just scoot that thing out there, 270, 260 every time. Keep it in the fairway. And he is the best wedge player on tour. So he, about 15% of the time, hits his wedges inside of six feet. And that's more than enough to convince me that he's going to be an upside player this week at $9,200. And I'm building a monstrously balanced lineup here so if Sia's you know kind of got that that king for that that balanced lineup this week I think I'm I'm doing my best to woo him so I'm curious as to what your guys thoughts are there yeah I'll say this I have Rose over Thigala in a matchup at, at minus 130 but that really shouldn't shock anybody but what I would say about that is that I think they have to me the way I see it I think they have equal upside but I just think from a range of outcome standpoint, Thigala could crash and burn maybe a few more times than Justin Rose. And that's sort of why I took that particular matchup. But I think Thigala is a great play. I I'm big on that. Spencer, what are your thoughts on Sahih? I'm probably out this week. All right. Uh, Joel. In. In. Uh, reluctantly in. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, sure, this – Sure. To me, this feels this feels like an upside play. In, in other words, like a tournament yeah. play. So I, I, I personally, I do like it. Spencer, you've got Cameron Young, Keith Mitchell, Matt Fitzpatrick, Vincent Norman. A lot of upside on your team, in my opinion. Who, who are you going with next? I don't know how I end up in this position every single week. Like I had, I was making a concerted effort not to get stuck in this six thousand dollar range. I was going to be down in this lower. 7,000s and now here I am taking a golfer that I mean he has not produced a top 40 result since October of 2022 like that doesn't sound great obviously <laughs> for making a pick here but I'm going to take Justin Lauer at 6,700 he's a player that I've talked about a lot on this show results have turned around a little bit uh three four made cuts in his past six I think the putting looks really good, but you kind of got a spike from him with his approach play for a little bit. Uh, extremely, extremely boomer bust here. Like he's the type of golfer to where I do think he has legitimate potential to top 20 this tournament, but he might also come in dead last place. So at sub 1%, I don't know. I mean, this is the spot I put myself in every week. Last week, it was Jason Duffner. This week, it's Slower. 
Uh, Lauer was definitely a, a subject of conversation a couple of weeks ago and, and last week, I think, as well. Uh, I know David uh, Bileski was kind of noticing some good approach form from him. Uh, he's not in he's not in my pool, uh, but I, I'm curious, Byron, uh, any thoughts on Lauer? I don't know how much you're dipping into the 6K range, but to the extent you are, would he sort of be on a short list? Yeah, because he's one of those guys that just kind of pops, but the, that approach player has been moving in the right direction. And it's so weird because if you're doing a last 24, not so much, but, you know, last 12, then you start looking better or whatever. So I don't mind Lauer at all. And Joel, let me ask you, as we wait for nominations, it looks like a couple of people have been nominated, but we need uh, more nominations. Uh, and if we have uh, two guys already, go ahead and put it in the chat, somebody for me. But Joel, the 6K range looks pretty bad to me. Are you like you, you do the like, you know, I know for showdown, you do the 150 max stuff. But when you're doing full tournament, you also enter the, the MMEs, right? Sometimes. Sometimes, not every week. I probably won't this week. If you were to this week, how, like would you have like more than a than a few 6k players or would you try to stay away from that range altogether yeah it's a good question see one one of the big things with with doing the 150 max is it's almost more important to make sure you in your player pool that you as much as you can don't miss as it is that you get all the right guys because what happens the, the more misses you have the more that's just going to make you're losing lineups, right? Because you have to have six out of six guys. And so if you end up having 15 or 20% of someone that misses the cut, that's 15 to 20% of your lineups that are dead. So I'd rather be a little bit more conservative and just have a lot of guys that are cut makers that have that potential and try and avoid as much as I can. Because once you get to 10 guys missing the cut, your, you know, your MME is kind of toast because it's hard to have six out of six that way. So with that being said, if I do go dip down to the 6K range, it's usually no more than three, maybe one or two guys that I have my eye on, and I really try to limit that exposure. With that said, um, we, the audience, and I really mean you, uh, you <laughs> left us with – we got two more picks in 6,700. This is not the spot we want to be in uh, for this particular tournament. So I'm going Welcome to have to, to next my time. life. Yeah, right. Next time I'm going to have to exert my veto power on some of these because um, I, I would have liked to have been in that low 7K range at this point. But do we have Kevin Tway? I'm going to go ahead and back that from Brent Harris. Um, how much is he? So how much do we have left once Kevin Tway is in there? 68. All right, 6,800. So if we haven't already, let's nominate a 6,800 guy. I have one that I kind of like. Actually, I have two or three or four that I kind of like. I'm going to wait for a nomination. I I'll tell you, I think Adam Long is live. I think Marty Dow is live. I think EVR is crazy, but also live. So if anybody wants to back any of those picks, um, type it in the chat, and that'll be our last player. Uh, Kevin Tway, does anybody have an opinion on Kevin Tway? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> He flashes from time to time, but it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's been a minute. I'm trying to see. Yeah. He has, well, he certainly flashed at, uh, he had an 11th place finish somewhere. I just can't see where it was from, but it's just a lot of, a lot of missed cuts. All right. So we don't have a second nomination. Um, Thorbjörnsson, I believe is too expensive, right guys? Yeah. Okay. So I'll go. Oh, EVR. Okay. Badger DFS. Thank you for saving the team. Uh, poor form. We have a lot of people watching. Have you hit the like button? But guys, 
you, you got and girls. You got to be ready, man. You got to be ready. When we get down to this, this is partly because we were at the 6700 range and people didn't know what to do. So let's have some foresight next time. EVR, listen, it could happen. I, I looked at some things that I thought were like decent. I assume nobody has an opinion on EVR. Nobody's playing EVR, am I right? Well, I'll say this. I like EVR better than Tway. A quick fun story on that is I have I got a Tway card in Rainmakers. I got them for $1 at the beginning of the season. Try and guess what my return on revest, my return on investment is on Kevin on Kevin Tway this year. One cent. Negative one dollar. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> 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 I haven't won me anything, so I don't think I'm gonna be playing <laughs> I'll say this about EVR. He was really bad at the Charles Schwab challenge. He lost six point three four strokes on approach and he lost another one and a half on um excuse me, off the tee. But prior to that. He had gained on approach in four measured events in a row. The short game has been horrific, but I'm just saying, if you're going to take a stab at somebody in this field, there's probably worse guys to take a stab on. We've seen EVR be good before. It just It's just been a minute, but I do like what I'm seeing from the approach game. And the putter has been bad, but it hasn't been awful. He's a loser with the putter, but it's not like he's losing you know multiple strokes. It's usually like a little bit here, a little bit there. So I think it could pop. All right, Spencer, last pick. Who is it? I'm going to go with what the chat was saying that they wanted to do uh, with my selection, even though they couldn't afford it. And I can here. So I'm going to take Michael Thorbjornsson at, right. uh, you know, it's one of those situations you guys where I don't have any data on him. It's not the Aberg spot to where I look at my model and like, there's a lot that's coming out. There's not a ton I can find. You can really find, he went to the Dubai desert classic. He performed there. Uh, he's giving you a top 20 on the PGA tour last season. He's a 21 year old kid that I don't really think we know what he is from a talent standpoint, massive ceiling junior in college. I would think that we get to this time next year and how a received his tour card as being the number one player. I would guess that Thor Bjornsson will probably be the guy who receives it next year. If everything trends in the right direction for him. So I'll bet on the unknowns here and cross my fingers and hope for the best. Cause there's not a ton in that like mid seven thousands that I was super eager to get to. All right. Yeah. I don't mind the pick. I, I'm not, I'm not playing him. Um, but I am again, I'm, I'm always going to appreciate the unknown factor of a guy with high potential. Byron, you kind of smiled when he made that pick. So I know it's your pick, but is he somebody that you're considering as well? Yeah. It's interesting because it's these unknown guys out of college. Right. And it's funny because he's what a few, almost a thousand bucks cheaper than Aberg, but he's, I'm seeing him as more, more expensive, right? Or, or more owned, should I say, which is just, it's just funny how a price depends on a person's ownership. And, and these, you could argue Aberg's a better player than, and, mm -hmm. than spent or that Michael guy. Um, that's a tongue twister for someone that hasn't said it too many times, but yeah, I, it's an interesting pick. I like the upside out of both these college dudes. So they're going to be, they're going to be interesting to watch this week. Absolutely. All right. All right. <clears throat> Maniac. You got to hit the gala. Uh, but who is your last guy in? I'm just stacking my whole roster with guys I have outrights on. <laughs> I've got this dude at like an outright at 125 to one. Um, it's a bomb city kind of roster I'm rolling out here. He is one of the better players when it comes to um, easy golf course scoring. The guy's like thir 13th or 15th on easy scoring and then weighted good shots. So when you take all these different proximities across the board, yeah, that I expected for this course, 
to gain over half a stroke on a single shot is a good shot. And this guy's 10th in the field. So he's going to be putting himself in some really good spots for birdie opportunities. He's missed a lot of cuts recently in elevated events and had top 23, third, 19th, 14th, second in some other non-elevated events. And his name is Brandon Rue. Hmm. $7,500. So I like him in like easier events. Yeah, I, I think I think I, I kind of like that. I think there's some upside there. And it's interesting, Joel, because you have 7,100 left. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm not looking at the pricing right now, forgive me, but I'm pretty sure you could take the other woo if you wanted to. Um, but anyway, uh, and uh, Spencer, I want to go to you before we get to Joel's final pick. And then, of course, we're going to do the first round leaders real quick before we get out of here. But um, any thoughts on Brandon Wu? He hasn't really come up the, from what I've seen in any of the, the content that I've read or or reviewed or listened to, whatever. Is is he a guy that might should be on our radar? I'm not going to play him. He has great overall birdie or better percentage, great weighted scoring inside my model. I do worry about his ability to make those putts. Um like he's 44th overall. You can take that for what it's worth. Like he's not a guy that's a massive fade candidate for me, but I didn't necessarily, I'm not necessarily rushing out to play him, I guess, but I'll trust Byron on that. All right. Well, I, I know who definitely trusts Byron is Dave. DT in Dave. Phoenix says, I like yeah, Brian, uh, Byron's team. And prior to that, <laughs> EVR question mark, LOL. I just, that just like makes me chuckle to myself. Um, Joel, all right, you got 7,100 left. Brian Harmon is not in this tournament. So who are you taking with your last pick? You made a good point. The other Wu, Dylan Wu, was one of my fi finalists for the pick. He's not the pick, but it was mm. between him and the guy I'm going to take, which is Andrew Novak. So um, I didn't plan for it to go this way, but the way it broke out, I ended up taking two great drivers, my first two picks, and then I ended up with four ver very questionable drivers filling it out. So that wasn't by design. That just happened to be how it worked out. Hopefully – um, the course is forgiving on drivers. And then I think if that's the case, then I really love the upside of my team. Yeah. Novak a looks good with the wedge game and B, if you just look at the overall approach, it's been really good. Uh, he loses a little bit off the tee, but doesn't seem to be a huge, huge concern. Short game. Isn't terrible. I, I think there's some upside there at that price. Uh, and we've seen him pop on leaderboards before I'm going to do, before we uh, pull this screen down, I'm going to do a yes or no on Andrew Novak. Byron, I'm starting with you. Yes or no. Yes. Full send. Let's go. Full send. He says, uh, Spencer. Yes or no. Yes. All right. Well, Joel, I think, we're, by the way, I think Joel, everybody endorses that pick. I like the pick too, but I think we're ready for, for the big money right now, Joel. I love it. Before we move on, if you're watching the show, if you followed, hit the like button. Give us a follow. It goes a long way. We will post these lineups on Twitter before the tournament starts. Hop on. Let us know which lineup you think is going to win. We are tracking them. As you know, I've won the last three weeks. We'll come back next week and congratulate me again. I appreciate you guys, but, but we make our real money on the first round leader. So I'm going to pull the draft board down right now. And we are going to get right into the first round leader market. We'll start with you, Spence. Who are you targeting in the first round leader market this week? Cameron Young. I'm going to be very aggressive with him in every iteration of pretty much any market that I can find. I see a 28 to one out there. So Cameron Young for me this week. Boom. I love it. You are loving Cameron Young this week. Byron. Do you have any first-round leader plays for us tonight? Yeah, sure. I'll throw out a Sahith Thagala at 40. I'll throw out an Adam Spenson. I'm seeing 55s out there. 
So Adam Svensson's played eight straight elevated events. This will be like his first non-elevated event in a while, which is kind of weird. But I like him. Keith Mitchell at 50. And then Mark Hubbard at 75. I love it. I love it. I got just a couple for you as well. Uh, my first, my long shot Hail Mary of the day is going to be Callum Tarrant hmm. at 100 to 1. He popped a little bit earlier. He popped a few weeks ago in the first round. I like his game. I think this could be a good spot for a 100 to 1 Hail Mary shot to take. I also got to get some exposure to a Canadian in the first round leader market at the Canadian Open. I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin at 60 to 1. Um, and my favorite first round leader play of the week on my roster, Corey Connors at 35 to 1. All right. See ya. Please do enlighten us. Where am I bringing my mortgage money, my rent money, and who am I putting it on? For Thursday. Yeah, don't forget, um, you can get uh, cash forwarded on your credit card too, advanced, if you will. So just something to think about because you can just replenish that right away once you hit the first round leader, uh, who of course is going to be Justin Rose at 35 to one or Tommy Fleetwood at 35 to one. A couple long shots to give you before I get to the super lock, obvious first round leader at the RBC Canadian Open on Thursday. It's only Tuesday now, predicting the future here. But a couple more before I get to that guy. Um, ben Martin and Carson Young at 75 to one. And I'll throw in a super big long shot just in case you want to sprinkle. Like, listen, the Ben Martin, Carson Young, th- those are just sprinkle plays. But Patton Kazire is also a sprinkle play. Easy course, birdie in bunches. He's a guy that can just flash, not for four rounds, but for one. But the guy, your guy, who's going to be the first round leader at the RBC Canadian Open. 66 to one in some places. I think he's down to maybe 55, 50 to one in other places. Eric Cole, he is going to be your, our, the family's first round leader at the RBC Canadian Open. You're welcome. It's that easy. It was that, it's really that simple. You put it in, you get Eric Cole, all of a sudden, you've got much more money on Thursday night. And, that's, you know, you're, it's, and you don't even have to pay for these picks. You can watch this show for free, get that play, put it in, and then you're rich. So... That's what C does. He's just making the world a more wealthy place. One bet. That's right. And if we I'm all, just investing, if we all do that, we can then just buy the PJ Tour back for ourselves. Wow! And we're solving problems. You know, see, that's the thing. Noble I didn't. I didn't, Byron. So I didn't want to like big the. I didn't want to do the big reveal. But that's kind of what we are trying to get at with all this first round leader money. So, I mean, I don't mind that you spoiled it because I kind of want to inspire people to like really unload on the first round leader so that we can all collectively just buy the PGA Tour ourselves. Yeah, it's a great idea. Well, there you have it, folks. Byron, big, big thank you for coming on tonight, guest drafting with us. I'm sorry for the beatdown I'm going to put on you, but you did a great job with your picks and your explanation of them. Good luck this week. Byron, anything else you'll be putting out this week before we wrap up? I've got a million Rotoball articles coming out tomorrow because I've done nothing today. So just be ready for the rapid fire stuff tomorrow. Um, go check out Back Nine Bets on YouTube and Spotify and the iTunes and at the Model Maniac as always. So thanks for the beat down, Joel. I appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure, as always. It's a pleasure drafting with you guys this week. We'll be back next week with the big one, the U.S. Open Major Championship. It's going to be a great draft. And I'm sure there'll be more drama and news for us to recap throughout the week. Good luck this week, everyone. See you next week.
Did I forget anything? Yeah, there's just there's just one more thing. Uh, two more things. Definitely follow if you don't already. Uh, Byron at the Model Maniac. I'm pretty sure everybody watching, but there yeah. are a lot of people watching follows you. But just in case, at the Model Maniac, give him a follow. Uh, Spencer and Byron do a, a ton of stuff uh, at, of course, uh, Roto Baller. But you know they've got some stuff, or, or, or particularly Spencer over at uh, at Win Daily too. He kind of frequents our Discord here and there. But there is one very important thing I forgot to say. Joel, do you know what it is? Reading, Spencer. I'll let you tell me. Byron. Yes, let's go. You say Sport. it. Say it with conviction. Sports. Sports. 